Reluctantly couched at the starting line, engines pumping and thumping in time, the green light flashes, the flags go up, churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They definitely maneuver and muscle for rank, fuel burning fast on an empty tank. No, I thought you were going to get to the chorus. Oh. <laughs> no, no, that was great. That was great, man. Thanks so much. Brian, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Uh, great to have you here, man. Thank you. Uh, when did we first chat on, I guess, DMs or something? Uh, yeah, I think maybe I sent you a text or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing. Think, yeah, yeah, something like that. But it was earlier this year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It was only maybe a month or two ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, so here you are. Now you're in the studio and we're talking shop. Yeah. How's everything? Good? Yeah, it's going busy and uh, good. New business, so it's uh, interesting always, but nice. Okay, let me let me share the these here. So I got Brian Sexsmith here from Let's Let Brian Do It, and his website is www.letbriandoit.ca. His phone number to reach him is four one six five two eight seven seven four seven, and email is briansexsmith at gmail dot com. And on uh, IG and Facebook, it's Let Brian Do It, right? Uh, just or Facebook. On Facebook, just on Facebook, yeah. Yep. Okay, and then let me quickly do a shout out. I got uh, Safe's tea that I'm wearing, internal, eternal, eternal landscaping. I'm wearing his tea right now. And then I also want to give a shout out to a few things that happened. I was recently at a ProSol event. So ProSol has their annual barbecue. I don't know if you've ever been to one of their barbecues. No, you, I haven't. You definitely should try to make it because uh, it wasn't going on because of the funny years that we've had the last few years. Sure. Uh, but they had the one uh, this week. They always do it in August, usually the second or third week of August and uh, it was great it's always great to go to those events and I, I particularly like the three lines uh, for their steaks so you can get into the rare you can get into the medium well you can get into the well done and always the rare line is always the longest line so you got to <laughs> kind of decide whether you're going to go into the medium or you're going to go into the well done never go into the well done I always go into the medium because I really can't wait that long for it but they have a great event there you get lots of flooring installers tiles all kinds of people they bring their families everybody all the kids and everything like that and it was a huge event and i really thank the guys for, for pulling that off and treating all the tradespeople uh, very nicely really really nicely so if you guys can try to do it book it figure it out go next year it's always a blast uh and it was nice to bump into a few people that i know more than a few people and then talk to a few of the sales reps and just um just talk shop that's all we were doing so it was good and then we recently just recorded um a round table, the electricians with Black Ladder. And uh, Mario was nice enough to uh, bring me a nice little bottle of vino. Ah. It's always nice that. And it never stays here all that long. And it's always going to get consumed really fast. That's all. Not that I have an issue or anything that. I just, I thank him. That's all it is, man. So, all good. Uh, yeah, so who was I bumping into? I bumped into a few people. Luca, I bumped into at the show. I'm trying to remember the other guys that I bumped into as well, but there was a lot of guys that I was bumping into, which is great. And I think that sometimes when I'm wearing my glasses, because I'm older now, that people don't recognize me, but they do recognize me still. But that's either there or there. So, Brian, where do we want to begin, man? Um, I run a small uh, renovation contracting company. Uh, me and myself. Um, my girlfriend does help me out on the bookkeeping side, and... Uh, it's a relatively new venture. It's been three years now, um, and so far going well, really busy. Um, big career change for me. Uh, came from the world of engineering um, in a manufacturing environment, so 12 years of experience there, and uh, basically the beginning of COVID, uh, decided that wasn't for me, and interested in doing renovations because I'd been doing my own stuff uh, for years before that never for clients how was that like i mean it's it's always challenging um especially 
during the pandemic, what was going on there. And all of a sudden there's been a lot of guys on the show that started a new venture right at that start of that period. And, and you're leaving safe, secure, I guess, career option, but you get, you weren't getting what you want to get out of it. And then you, you start a whole new construction business from it or like, just like, how is that move? Yeah. I mean, to be nervous? fair, nervous for sure. But to be fair, uh, manufacturing is not, uh, secure. Um, it goes in cycles. Uh, if you look at my resume, you can literally follow the cycles. It lines up perfectly. Um, yeah, you know, as automotive increases, I've gone to automotive, other manufacturing, this and that. Um, so that, that world of, of cyclic, uh, hiring is, was what I liked. And, um, I built a garage for myself eight years ago. Really enjoyed that. Did everything, dug the hole, did the foundation. Single car? Uh, no, to 24 by 22 foot garage, uh, 12 foot ceiling, like pretty, pretty decent garage for, yeah. for a residential house. Um, we did the concrete workouts, uh, the driveway, um, some wood siding, all of that. Uh, Pitch roof and everything? Asphalt? Yeah, asphalt roof, basic asphalt roof, uh, architectural shingles, uh, Wood siding by uh, Cape Cod. That was the first project that you did? Uh, the first serious project, yeah. Okay. Um, so a lot of help from my parents. Um, my dad did build a house when I was young for himself, uh, sort of in my high school years. That kind of opened my eyes to the ability to build something. Uh, obviously a much more serious venture, building a house. Uh, it was actually a timber frame. Um, some, And he was really into... Um, SIPs at the time, um, which was fairly new at the time. Did he use it on the house? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, SIPs and uh, ICF walls for the foundation. You know, this is uh, early 2000s, or actually 99, I think, oh, yeah. when he started. So not as common as it is oh, today. Relatively newish. Like yeah. Everyone's still trying to get their feet wet from it. Um, yeah. And you were watching, you were helping out and... Yeah, not so much helping out, you know, going to school and that kind of thing. And uh, by the time I'd roll home, you know, the guys were wrapping up. Uh, but he had a small-time contractor helping them out. And he, him and the contractor were really uh, just like, this is what we're going to do. And uh, no one else was going to tell them to stick frame or something else. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good that he was sticky to his guns. And, and why did he choose that? Why did he, did he do some research and he just said that this is... He wanted timber frame. Okay. Um, so he did get the timber frame built by a, a subcontractor. And then um, he just thought it was obvious SIP panels uh, attached to the timber frame seemed like an obvious solution yeah. to the problem rather than stick framing a house around an already existing structure. It just seems silly. coming home and then kind of checking out the details and how things were being put? Um, I mean, surely it had an effect. It wasn't like... Uh, right into it. It was just something that my dad was doing while I was home and or, and that was happening. I certainly gleaned some stuff off there, but not right into it. I wasn't there getting my hands dirty necessarily. So what was it about you wanted to start your business? What was the spark that happened that? So at the time um, I was living about this, the same house uh, that they still live in today is uh, on a lake. It's okay. a lakefront property uh, in Coldwater area. And uh, in high school, uh, basically no car, uh, living out in the country, 
and in front of like front property with boats and stuff. Sounds nice. Sounds fantastic, <laughs> except when you want to get a job during summers. So ran a small business. Well, it turned into, I had two other employees uh, doing landscape work. So we were trans, we were moving by boat, um, small tin boats, and then eventually a pontoon boat, basically doing landscaping, small construction, dock repair, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and that's where the name came from. Uh, I called it Let Brian Do It at the time. Uh, three years of success, and then went off to you know, or college at Georgian for manufacturing technology. So, so that's and then, but now you got now I've come back to that. Yeah, to that right. Yeah, so, so twelve well, twelve years of doing the te- the, the the technology side of things. Right? Yeah, fifteen if you conclude the schooling. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's a good chunk of time, and then all of a sudden, now you get. Um, did you sit down with your girlfriend and actually plan out your entry into construction? Um, I think it was just uh, something I always was interested in. Uh, I kind of saw the sort of handyman aspect a little more interesting, per se. Um, I didn't realize I was going to get into uh, larger projects. I thought the, con- the sort of that ha- guy you call and get this repaired or that repaired, I could make a go of that. Um, so I'm rel- they wanted someone, like they needed someone like yourself up there. Uh, no, 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 here, here, I mean, here, okay, here, yeah, 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 here in Burlington. Sorry. Okay. Um, so that was like, uh, after I left my job in manufacturing, looking for other work, uh, during the early stage of COVID manufacturing got just shut down basically. Um, so needed to try something else. And, and that's where that handyman idea came up was like, I could do smaller projects and now it's ballooned more into bathrooms, kitchens, um, garage construction, uh, going back to the garage build I did. Um, so I have like a bit of a, um, pedigree, like an examples of what I can do for clients. They can come yeah. over to my house and I can show them exactly what I've built. And that goes a long way. It does. I mean, I think a lot of people that get into the business, they kind of get their feet wet that way. They just get started. They'll do a powder room. They'll do a laundry room. They'll do like a shed or a garage. And, and it just keeps on building from that point, right? Yeah, exactly. So what, what were some of the hard lessons that you learned early on? Because um, we don't, it's never perfect for any of us. Yeah, I think like relatively speaking, the construction was, the method was decent for me. Um, I, Being an engineering technologist, reading the building code. Um, you read the whole thing? Well, not read the whole thing, but you know what I mean? Like I can pick up the building code and read it and understand it fairly quickly because yeah. I come from an engineering background and yeah. it's obviously an engineering document um, where somebody that was coming from other avenues may struggle with that. Um, but I think my biggest problem or struggle was dealing with clients, pricing, quoting, um, organizing on the, the office keeping and all that stuff. So dealing with clients in what respect? Expectations? Yeah, um, getting their expectations in line uh, with what I was trying to do, um, making sure that my pricing matched their needs and their expectations. Some clients want uh, something quick and dirty. Some clients will expect the world. And does that price match up, right? What they're willing to spend uh, can, can vary just because they expect the world doesn't mean they expect to pay the 
a huge price yep. and vice versa. Yep. Um, so reading clients, uh, you know, you only get to see them for half an hour, maybe an hour on that uh, initial visit. And uh, you've got to make a quote uh, of some kind without that may modify over time, but you've got to come up with a number and a scope of work that you're going to be able to stand behind for however long the project is. And that can be tricky. How did you, I mean, I'm curious, how did you come up with your pricing? How did you figure out, did you just calculate what you felt you deserved regarding your compensation and your hourly wage and what was associated with the task? Yeah, I kind of have like a, a dollar figure that I want to make a day time-wise. Um, so basically take my material cost and how much time I think it's going to take. Um, of course, at the beginning, that was rough estimation on the time. But uh, as things progress now, got a good handle on how long a tile job takes, a waterproof job takes, that kind of thing. Were you on par or under, below? At first, a little little optimistic on timing. Okay. Um, I think I kind of went, oh, well, this is how long it would take to do at my house. Well, my house isn't their house. You know, you've got to, often you have a conversation in the morning with the client every morning. That delays you. Uh, you got to clean up at the end of the day. Um, you got to travel there. Uh, so there's, there's slippage in the time throughout the day because you're at someone's home. Mm-hmm. Um, there's where, a bunch of factors that are associated with yeah you got to account yeah. for that and I think at first I didn't really do a good job of that did you think to reach out to any other contractors and pick their brain um, well uh, who really helped me I think was uh, Mike it's another podcast uh, Mike Kenoki of the contracting handbook okay podcast yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's coming out with a book I don't know when but um, really helpful guy on the podcast. And, uh, recently actually I chatted with him, um, cause I got into the world of subcontracting and he, he's got a big deal about vetting subcontractors and he gave me some personal help on that, uh, front, which was really helpful. Is he here locally or no, he's in, uh, uh, like Alaska. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. Of all places. Airbanks, I think. Well, as long as, I mean, building is building, right? So it's just, it's same ingredients, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, his is a little different podcast to this. Um, it, you know, again, it's I think it's promoting his book, um, which is supposed to be kind of a, a how-to and how to deal with situations, pricing, that kind of thing. So just really helpful information for me. It's kind of funny because, I mean, pricing is your you're building something custom. So pricing is always going to be a custom. You can get your subs and you can kind of get your grocery list of what things are going to cost based on the subs. But when you're the GC and you're dealing with a client, like you have to kind of figure out each job differently, what it's going to cost based on what their expectations are. Right. Is that not the case? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't do like people will call me up and ask for like a square footage cost. And it's just, that's not what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have to come see your house, like uh, one's person's house versus another. Uh, I'm going to look at the way they keep their house, the way the rest of the house is built. Um, I have great clients that are, are frankly, low-income earners, and obviously they can't afford a certain yeah. uh, quality. Yeah. Um, and so th- we build to that. 
And then other clients that are uh, here in Oakville or something like that, multi-million dollar home, and we're doing a renovation, obviously uh, the renovation better match the rest of the house and they have certain expectations. And you can charge. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And they have the budget to do so. Yeah. So, I mean, you, and some of them, some of them think that they can get it for rock bottom prices. And, and then it's like, well, we can't, we don't work together. Yeah. Um, so you're quickly learning that it's about vetting that client exactly. and, and getting a better understanding. First of all, if we're a f- good fit, like yeah, we have to first find out are we a good fit because not necessarily we're always going to be the good fit. And the the real strange thing is that you get a lot of young guys that are just getting started in the industry and they just want to take whatever work they can get, and that's not the best move. Yeah, I mean, you have. It, I was lucky um, at the time. You know, there were a lot. There was a lot of work available, uh, and if you, I was available. That kind of got me my foot in the door uh, type thing. So I was getting calls pretty quickly um, through at, through a little bit of advertising, just free advertising on Facebook and stuff like that. Um, but you get, at first, you kind of get the uh, looking for a deal. Tire kickers. Yeah. Yeah. So you get that at first, and then uh, as you get a bit of a reputation or people see you're more serious, um, the website has helped, things like that, um, they realize, oh, this isn't, rock bottom basement guy this is actually a real business yeah and it becomes more serious do you um have you ever come across a client yet that's invited you along with other renovators to quote at the exact same time and they just want to do one big house meeting at the same time have you ever come across that situation no uh definitely hadn't had a client with multiple quotes uh comparing different uh different suppliers and and contractors, but uh, never at the same time. You might have that one day, right? And I've had it a couple of times. I'm not a fan of it. I think that the client should be respectful of your time and and vice versa, that if they should give you the time that you need to sit down and talk to them, go through their house and figure out their scope, and then work that meeting, and then invite another contractor to come in here and work that meeting and so on. But you'll get a lot of designers and homeowners that work together. They just pull it all together and go here we're going to all get together on a certain morning afternoon or whatever it is and then we're just going to walk through the house one time and you guys all get all the information then you guys go away and come up with a quote i mean it'd be interesting because i think part of the a, a good side of that would be that every contractor is actually bidding to the same job um i find a lot of the time the first contractor uh gets in the door and they want to do this this yeah. and then they start thinking about it themselves and two days pass, the next contractor comes in, something else gets added or they add more details. And the, the last guy actually kind of gets more of the full picture than the first guy. Yeah. Because uh, the first guy, the second guy or whatever it is, is maybe making suggestions. Yeah, right? absolutely. Offering up some experience right then and there. And then all of a sudden they start considering. So they keep on adding it to it. So, but, it, but in all fairness, the designer and the homeowner should be factoring that in when they're comparing apples and oranges. Right. I mean, I've never dealt with a project that has a designer, so uh, it's it's going to happen one day. I yeah, mean, if you stay in this game long enough, then they're all part of the the situation, right? So sure, sure. It's just like you got to navigate those waters. So it's like as you you got started on one job, and you'll get to another job, and before you know it, you'll be you ever have the interest to actually just build a whole house itself and tackle that project for somebody? Um, maybe one day, but certainly not uh, like 
it's literally me doing the only work. So um, I would definitely have to get employees or something like that or a much larger sub group yeah, to be able to, to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to stay in this game long enough, that's eventually what's going to happen, right? That's like that's the route that I went. That was the exact same idea, right? It's just uh, I eventually, I was a one-man shop and doing everything, and then I got tired. I was like, I can't handle all this stuff. I've got to hire other people. Sure. So I would bring other people. I had interviewed them, and then there would be subs, and then I would just keep on growing. And I'm like, hey, it's kind of nice not having be the guy that's swinging the hammer all the time. Yeah, Um Using digital platforms in our industry is becoming more common, especially among the young folks, because it improves efficiency, prevents mistakes, and overall makes our lives as contractors easier. This is why we partnered with Connect Team, a platform built to manage, train, and communicate with your team. Connect Team's desktop version gives managers a live overview of the business to track work hours, create schedules, make sure the business meets compliance, and so much more. Employees just download the app to their mobile to clock in and out, share safety reports, and get updates all in one place, ensuring they've got what they need to perform at their best. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. We'll see how far it goes. I I don't know if I'm ever going to get to that point where I want to do projects like that. Um, I do recognize that my body can only handle so much. Yeah. Um, so right now, you know, things are good, but 10 years from now, yeah, you might not be able to uh, swing the hammer every day, all day. What's the biggest lesson you learned so far being in construction? Um, again, going to go back to the quoting, gonna, um, relationships with different suppliers, that kind of thing. I would say that's, that's the biggest learning experience. Um, I knew that going in that that was going to be the, the challenging aspect. I mean, it, it's your your quote is everything. Yeah. Um, your scope of work is everything. So uh, you know, anything goes slightly awry or whatever, it, it it all goes back to the the quotation and the scope of work. What was with the suppliers? Like the suppliers were. I know that they were challenging during the pandemic years, but what was happening with their like your vetting different suppliers trying to get pricing for yeah i mean um you know at first it was just like home depot the whole way and uh i've come to realize like okay there are a couple of small shops that can do more for me than just supply material um they can uh well i'll give a shout out to uh kazar here on lakeshore she's a small uh shop bathroom uh supply um but kind of everything um you can pick out your whole bathroom right there. And um, she does a great job for me. Um, I can send clients there. She, they can pick things out, at least get that conversation started. And then she's working hard to get materials for me in a timely manner. How long has she been running in her place? Um, it's like a mom and pop shop, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. One person, basically. I know her husband's also in the business. Um, yeah, so it's a small shop and um but works really well for me and um she does have a couple of subs that she's always she's thrown my way um so that always helps you get something vetted opposed to just randomly trying to pick up the phone and find people how did you discover i just walked in the shop one day yeah it just looked like a nice shop and you just got talking and all of a sudden thought okay i'll do some business with them yeah Um, they're competitive like the, the price point wise yeah, yeah, she gives me great discounts um, over MSRP, and every time I kind of just do a bit of a comparison, 
it's it's right in line so um happy to do that especially when i'm a fan i'm a huge fan yeah yeah sorry you were saying especially when especially when she's working so hard for me like it's yeah. not just oh here's the material yeah no they believe in customer service yeah 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 they understand you as a contractor and, and what you have to deliver to your clients right so she gets that end game situation right versus right. sometimes a lot of the big box just forget that they don't they don't understand how valuable that is yeah if it's not there it's just not there they just say oh well it's not here and they don't they don't pick up the phone to hurry it up or figure out when it's going to arrive like that's what she's doing in the background um really helpful and again it's a showroom that i can send a customer to uh they get one-on-one -on -one time with her looking at tile looking at shower valves glass and she's got it all there um so clients can pick and choose what they want so it's really nice have you um so you mentioned earlier that your girlfriend was helping with some of the admin stuff, right? Yeah. And so have you seen, were you handling it all at the beginning or she was part of the equation from the, from the beginning of the project? Yeah. I mean, she just basically handles the receipt side of things. Okay. Um, so all my expenses, that kind of thing and putting into QuickBooks. Uh, I handle the quotation side of QuickBooks and uh, we get an accountant for the year end. Uh, so it's a huge help to have her handling that paper side of the business while you're handling the construction side of the business. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of receipts, you know, I could have three or four receipts a day uh, that need to be inputted into QuickBooks and, and accounted for and uh, do job costing. So I'm able to do job costing from that um, and see actually how this worked out. Uh, I, I really think job costing after the fact is important to review how oh, this did. 100%. Because you could just you can just make the same mistake over and over and over again. Um, so you need to go back and go, well, how many hours did I spend on that job? Uh, what kind of material did we actually buy? And, and how much did I actually make? Uh, sometimes that can be hard <laughs> to, to swallow. A, yeah, you're ahead of a lot of businesses because sometimes they don't do that at all. They just think that the money's rolling. It's coming. It's done. Like, we're busy. But to cost analyze that job every time the job is finished to figure out exactly where your profit margins were, where you potentially could make more money, sure. right? And sure. where you lost money potentially, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's also you, you try to figure out and anticipate for the next job that if you have another bathroom and you just finished the bathroom, but there was a way for you to actually cut a week off and save some money or build it a certain way to save some money and be more efficient by all means you won't know that until you analyze the previous job yeah and i mean i think that experience comes from the manufacturing world yeah um so like this is a manufacturing my, a lot of my experiences in manufacturing is from um taking an oem part and we're the manufacturer for that so they've designed it um and we're going we're looking at the part going, okay, it's going to go on this machine for this long, this machine for this long, this machine for this long, and the material in is this. And that's how we quote things in manufacturing. Um, I see it the same way in construction. It's just a process. Um, I just happen to be doing the work instead of uh, manufacturing engineering where someone else was doing the work. Can I ask you, Brian, and I mean, you don't have to answer, but I'm just, I'm curious myself. Are you making more money on the renovation side than you were on the manufacturing side? Um, or are you making less? Less, definitely on par, I would say, uh, last year. Okay. And but this the year's first, The first year of construction? Oh, definitely less. Definitely less, right? Yeah. yeah. And so the second year... Second less still. Less um, still now. The third year going in, you're about 
par. Yeah. Yeah, just about, under. about so, par. So hopefully next year you're going to be above. This year looking pretty good. So was that part of the game plan when you were going in thinking, okay, so we're possibly looking at three years before I get back to where I left? Well, I, I kind of went, there's no manufacturing jobs at the time anyway. Manufacturing yeah. is falling on So you're face. moving this direction so, regardless. Yeah, might as well try something else. Yeah. Right. Um, and I didn't go crazy buying things. Like I already had tools. Uh, I already had a vehicle that kind of worked, um, just a station wagon, but it got things done. Yeah. Um, so I had a trailer, like an enclosed, or a box trailer. So like I already had what I needed um developed and so i could i could kind of go from there and not have a lot of ex expenses going in and that was kind of the goal was to just go forward with it and not sink a bunch of money i think a lot of people like buy a new truck they buy all this equipment and they're in for you brian you did it a ton smart, of money right the smart way man yeah. you totally did the smart way it makes no sense i mean even the tools that there's a lot of tools that you don't necessarily need that you can get away without. You don't like, there's a good selection of simple tools that you can get that will get what you need to deliver for your clients. Yeah. You do not need all the fancy bells and whistles and you don't need all the high end tools and you don't need all the extra high end storage capabilities. You don't need all that stuff. No, you really just need the skill set and the drive. That's what you really need. Yeah. I mean, the way you got to look at a tool, the way I look at a tool is it needs to make you money. Yeah. Uh, like it's, it's just a tool. Uh, if it's not making me money, it's, I'm not buying it. There's no question. Uh, it like, and it needs to make me money now. Not, I can't like five years. Oh yeah. This will make me money in five years. No, this is crazy. Uh, my truck, same thing. Like you can't do that. Um, I'll ask you like in five years, how, how much money you're spending on tools. Well, by then it's more, right? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm making more money, right? Exactly. So the, the tool, the new tools and, and I've already you know, definitely spent a lot more on tools this year than I have previous years. And that's fine as long as those tools are making me money. Simple. Yeah. It's really simple. Uh, and same thing with the work that you're providing. Sure. Right. Yeah. So that's how it all works. Um, I'm just curious about how, how are you looking at it for the next five years? What are you trying to figure out where it's going to go? Because, I mean, there's obviously a threat. The economy turning and people not spending as much money. So it's like you got to retool your business to figure out how do I stay profitable, but still delivering a good product for clients that don't necessarily have that ultimate budget, but they still need to get this work completed. Yeah. So I, I feel like uh, sort of that repair business, that handyman business uh, and, and sort of as the economy uh, worsens will still do well. Um, I think. People are still going to have things leaking, that kind of thing to repair. Um, maybe not, you know, oh, we need to do a whole bathroom renovation, but oh, well, the shower leaks, so we're going to just do the shower, not the whole bathroom. Um, you know, it'll be smaller projects, but um, they're still very profitable. Uh, someone still needs to be there that's knowledgeable. So um, if I need to transition back to that, um, and I, like I really want, as my name suggests, uh, people to have like a problem and you know someone says oh just let brian do it right um that's what i want my customers thinking and i want them to be comfortable enough with me that they just that's just their go-to right i'm just their go-to yeah. doesn't matter whether like i had a client with a wet basement uh, a month ago she calls me up i'm over there we throw a pump in there and we sort it out right um 
am I a foundation expert? No, but I'll be there, right? Yeah. Um, super happy. But that you're was, a problem solver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I've done some renovation work for her, you know, solved that little problem for her. And um, I, I just want people to be that comfortable with me and really just have, uh, eventually I would just like literally enough clients that just continually call me back, whether they buy a new house or they need something else updated or repaired. Um, they're just, they just keep calling back opposed to new clients. Uh, I'd really like to just have a referral business and existing clients. So you're just, you're looking at the value of the clients that you do meet that you connect with. Absolutely. And seeing what the potential is. Doesn't matter how simple or small that first request is about letting Brian do it. Yep. You take it on because first you're, you're connecting with them, you get it and you want to do the job and you, you're proud of doing the job. And then you know that in the back of your head, that's going to potentially lead to something else, whether they refer you to another client or they actually call you back to do more. Yeah. I just find it snowballs. Um, yeah. So, you know, it might be a little half hour job, uh, go there, charge a reasonable number. Don't go create, don't, you know, don't go crazy. Yeah. Maybe you didn't make, you know, by the time you had the little chat with them on the phone and you drove there and you did your work by the hour, you didn't make that much money. Um, it's going to come back. They're but you be. invested in the future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you need to make a little on those jobs, but don't go gouging. Um, you know, I hear guys saying like, oh, I don't get out of the truck for X dollars. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. It was a simple little thing, right? Um, that's, e- that's ego. That's just all they think that they're so good, so big. that It's just ego. Yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. And, and I get it. Like, it costs that much to pick up the phone to, you know, you know, you maybe have a 10 or 15 minute conversation on the phone about their problem. Now you're having to disrupt your day to go drive half an hour to their site, then half an hour back and a half hour job. Well, that's two hours, you know, in a heartbeat. Um, it was half hour job. So what are you going to do? You're going to charge them for two hours. You're going to charge them plus a minimum, or are you going to charge them for half an hour? Um, and you don't know what's going to come from it. You'll never know if something bigger, something yeah, more exactly. will come from it. Right? So they so. just get comfortable with me. I, I, that's what I really want is comfortable and um, everything's up front. Uh, even if it's repair work, go there, look at it. And I, I want to give them a dollar figure right there. I can, even if it's a range, um, I think people really appreciate that. They're already worried about uh, leaking pipe or something like that. And uh, what do I do? And, oh, okay, here's your problem. We're going to rip into some drywall here. It's already soggy anyway, so you have to repair that. And um, sometimes, cut, like I said, some, some of the customers, they just need the pipe fixed. They don't care yeah. that there's a hole in the wall. Um, we're not going to patch that today. It's because they just simply can't afford it, and that's fine. And then they'll call me back month, two months, or never, maybe, and we'll do the drywall repair and the paint and everything else. But keeps uh, you busy, keeps the schedule, yeah, and everything like that working well. Yeah. So, is there a particular anything negative about the industry you've come across yet? Um, I I do put a lot of hours in. I would say that is definitely uh, different and variable hours. So, you know, uh, as an engineer in manufacturing. You show up at eight o'clock and four o'clock rolls around and we're out of there. Gone. Um, this is not that job. <laughs> um, 
you know, working either on the books after hours or going to clients' houses after hours, uh, waking up early. Um, sometimes I get jobs from uh, either past clients or whatever from at quite a distance. Uh, I don't take on new clients that are in a distance, but somebody moves or it's a reference and I'll, I'll travel some distance. Um, so now you're waking up early to beat traffic, to get there, to actually get a day's worth of work in. Um, so a lot more hours. There is. And it's just, are you balancing them right? Like, are you kind of figuring it out? How are you assessing them to kind of figure out how to become more efficient with them? My time. I mean, uh, yeah, to me, it's really just reducing the drive time. I think that's, that's the, the efficiency. Um, I remember we had Phil on the show. I think it was the first time from heavy duty homes. And he said something that would really connected with me where he had a radius yep so he just looked at where his office was where his home was and he just he made an array a radius around that those two areas for sure and he goes that's where i'm gonna work that's where i'm gonna focus my energy that's who i'm gonna go speak to try to get leads and try to get work and then that way he can literally go from one job to the next job go home go to the office and he's not commuting through all kinds of traffic in the city right yeah so i'm based in burlington i do burlington oakville Uh, i do not go into mississauga i'll do hamilton as well um and that's basically it again but there are exceptions to that rule. So right now I just came back from Orangeville. Um, they're actually friends of ours. Um, so it's hard to say no in those cases. So it's a little further north you're going from where you normally go. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Um, and then again, sometimes, um, especially Oakville customers, they've got a cottage or something like that. They obviously can't find someone up north. Um, I'm from up there. Maybe I can stay with my parents, whatever. Uh, I don't mind doing that either. So... Exceptions to the rule, but in general, if a new client calls me out of the blue, um, you know, they just found my website and they want me to come to Mississauga. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> no, you have to be that way, Brian. Like, yeah. Honestly, it's the only way that you can make your, your business efficient, right? Sure. So you can make more money because right now you're still trying to figure out how to make, how to make it profitable. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So it kind of makes a lot of sense. And I want to ask you, um, what were some of the interesting things that you built that you enjoyed building for the first time when you were experiencing it? Um, the garages are always interesting. I like the, the, the concrete work, the framing work, um, definitely. And, uh, and then the whole permit process. Uh, I've got a good designer now and that I've worked with for years now. Um, and getting through that whole permit process, especially here in Burlington, is very, very difficult. Was it difficult? Yeah, really? Yeah, Oakville's a dream in comparison. Uh, Why was Burlington such a pain? Why, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's been the last few years. What has driven this? I'm not sure. Someone suggested to me that they had flooding a few years ago, and now they are like they're pushing for these um, grading and drainage uh, reports and they're very very picky about them also uh, forestry uh, arborist uh, things yeah and uh, like my arborist who actually does tree cutting I've used them in the past simply says we will not do these reports anymore they're too difficult we get too many comments back it wastes our time we're not doing them anymore and you have to go to a tree consultant I always ask this whenever I hear arborist is, um, do they show up in camouflage? 
I have yet to meet an arborist who shows up with camouflage. Yeah, probably. I, I just, I just assume. Maybe I'm stereotyping, thinking, ah, you know, you guys should all be wearing camouflage, man. Like you guys are working with trees all the time, right? Yeah. But that's not the case. I always picture those guys are kind of just like they blend right into the forestry, right? So, yeah, pretty much. That's not them. That's not them at all. But uh, it's always, I would say, entertaining to kind of consult with them mm -hmm. um, because they look at things a little strict a little too strict sometimes um to me it's just a for for what i'm doing it's just simply a report checking that box making sure that the city is satisfied um and and it's the comments back from the city that make it really difficult yeah that's uh, what i mean it's like as soon as an arborist kind of makes a note or checks a certain box it kind of goes through a queue and it kind of goes through certain people in the city part and then all of a sudden it could delay things a lot of the time. Uh, I, I'm finding the reverse. Like I'm finding the, the, the arborist report is like the, he's trying to make it as he's simple as possible. Yeah. Okay. Good. And the problem is uh, the rules are changing on him. Uh, literally he, he says like, feels like daily. Wow. So he'll submit a, like he's got a standard report. There's three trees on the property. Like it's, it's not that complex of a report. And um, you know, he's, he's, become pretty boilerplate kind of stuff. Uh, and he'll get a new comment that he's never heard before requirement for this. Um, it's, a, it's a problem in Burlington for some reason. Um, Just because of this flooding, recent flooding. Yeah, that's what's being suggested to me as a thing, but uh, I don't, it's more than that. It must be. I wish that the city people will actually get out of the office and go to the site to actually have a conversation about what we're talking about instead of just looking at a report without seeing the site. Oh, they're not even in an office. Like, they're they're at home. They're at, that's what I mean. So that's even worse at that time. Right? Yeah, you can't even go see them. Like, you can't even talk to them face-to-face. -face. Uh, it's all through email. You can't talk to them on the phone. It's not that difficult to get into a vehicle and go to the site and actually assess what's been reported and then realize okay, this makes sense, we're proving it, move on, instead of just look at a document photograph that was taken and then just make an assumption. Yeah. But that's city, right? Not, that's the problem. Not the way things are working right now. No, it doesn't, it doesn't make things go faster. No, no, no. And, and I don't know about uh, other places, but Burlington's doing this like pre-consultation thing. So basically, you know, it used to be you had to have a turnaround of two weeks, um, was sort of the legislation, I believe. Before you submitted... Uh, so if you submitted a document, they have to turn it around in a certain time period. And they don't have to do that anymore? No, because they're doing this pre-consultation. They've completely circumvented that. They've got no timeline. It's like... That's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and That's great for them because they can just milk it. Yeah. So they literally, uh, you've submitted all the documents and gotten many go back and forth, but you haven't actually submitted for a permit yet. It's all pre-work. I'm going to go back to that these city workers need to get out of the office and get on site to understand what's going on. If we're there and we're explaining things and we're assessing things and we're diagnosing certain things and we're, we're doing our homework to get certain parties on there to find reports and stuff like that, I think instead of just flipping a piece of paper and looking at a folder or whatever, electronically or physically, yeah. get out of the office or have somebody that gets out of the office and just goes to the site. Like, but I guess their argument is they don't have the manpower to do this or yeah. the personnel to do this, or they don't have 
I'm thinking they don't have the experience to do this. Yeah, I I can't speak to what exactly the motivation is and and why, but like to me, it's just inspectors that are going to on site. Uh, yeah, you know, during construction type of thing. Um, actually helping you with the paperwork is not their job. It's always been a, I mean, I've had ups and downs, probably six or seven different cities. And it's just frustrating that you got to go on site, have the meetings with the clients. You got to have site meetings with the architects and engineers. You've got to start assessing things, figuring out where do we start? Where do we end? How are we going to handle all this? Everything's just done on site because guess what? This is our office now, right? But then you go to the city, you pay your fees. Well, these days it's all electronically now, but you're literally going to the city, you're submitting drawings and you're taking care of all that stuff. But the city that's approving, Sorry, that's the wrong word. Issuing, because I've been taught several times from an inspector that it's never approved. <laughs> Always issued, because yeah. they may find something that was overlooked, or you may find, or vice versa, whatever. Yeah. So they can never say that a drawing is approved. Sure. And it's being done in an, in an enclosed environment that's far away from where you should be assessing. So yeah. I think the city should have a planning department that has a division that goes to the site. Yeah, I think it's I never going to happen. I think you're asking a lot there. It's never going to happen. But I mean, like, it would be great to talk to the city and go, listen, can I start one? We'll start it and I'll show up on site and I'll go there and tell you guys what really is going on. And then here, change this report. We got to move it. Yeah, I I would just, uh, my dream would be to go back a little while when they actually were somebody that would review documents. You could speak to them face to face and bring some stuff to them and say, here's what I'm trying to do. What do you need? And they flip through some pages and go, oh, well, you're missing this, you're missing this. And uh, and then you go away and go do that um, and come back and you're actually dealing with a human being. Um, right now, it's just like these random emails and you are not. You can't actually reply to that email. You have to reply to a certain other email it's address. It's not even an email. Gets, no. It's portals. Yeah, portals. It's all digital portals and you sign in and, and I'm like, this is just stupid, but it's yeah. just government. Yeah. So it just makes, and, now, and here you are as a renovator, you just want to build. Yeah. You want to deliver what you promised your client. Yeah. Right. So, so and then the, the heart wrenching thing is that when you keep on going back to the client and going, listen, we haven't gotten the authorization. We haven't gotten this. We have to do this. We're still waiting on that. And meanwhile, they're, they're preparing the moment that they hired you to get the ball rolling. Yeah. So like, um, I'm trying to build a garage here in Burlington, uh, we talked early spring, um, and literally this client actually tried to get their own permit uh, years before and just got so frustrated with the process that they've taken too long to, to the point where the city has just gone, yeah, you've got to go back to square one. Are so, you kidding me? So they've spent quite a bit of money and time. Well, at least they're not in the city in Toronto because then you'll get neighbors who actually delay the whole process and then call up politician friends to basically never have it approved and that's after money's been spent to get authorization to do it get drawings done submitted and then even getting like a committee of adjustment and get approvals on that level and then have some neighbor who just wants to stop it stop it yeah right which is not really fair because i mean let's just build we want all we want to do is just build but we want to build perfect not perfectly correctly Sure. So then all of a sudden we can keep on building and keep on moving. So 
you're busy. Everybody that's contributing is busy. The city's busy. The city's making money from this. So it's just, it's a win-win for everything. It's a lose-lose when you delay all these things. That's what I think, but... We're not uh, politicians. We're not government people, yeah, right? So. exactly. It gets frustrating. I remember, uh, I, I'm going to ask you, because I know that you like doing the garage and you got started in the garage, but if you have any interest at all in doing a laneway suite, what's the rules in Burlington and Oakville? I think they're allowable, right? Yeah, I think this Bill 23 is probably... Opening that up. Yeah, well, probably shoving it down Burlington's throat, honestly. I think I don't think Burlington really wants that, and I'm sure a lot of residents don't either, but... Um, Ontario government's mandating it, so it's going to happen. It's allowing it, right? And yeah. they also increase the size of sheds, too. Yeah, that was a few years ago now. No, that was recently that they increased it to 160? 50-something. 50, 50, yeah, yeah so square feet. It used to be 108. Yeah. Literally a 10 by 10 is what the max shed, no no permit. Yeah. And now you can go a little bit bigger, little bigger. no permit, right? Yeah, but that was coming down the pipe before COVID, I think. It was funny. I saw, I don't know if you follow Nick Hill and Daniel Foch. Uh, they were on the show, the real estate guys, Landmark uh, Mortgages. Okay. And he did a post recently where uh, Walmart was selling a tiny home <laughs> for $12,000, I think. And they were selling it. They were marketing it as a tiny yeah. home. But when you go in, it's a shed. Sure. Like, there's no plumbing, there's no kitchen, there's no nothing, but they were selling it as a tiny home, and they were trying to explain, this is not a tiny home, this is a shed. Well, and, and yeah, like, people want to use this tiny home thing, um, they're like, oh, well, because if I stay under the square footage, I don't need a permit. Well, no, that's not actually the way it works. If you want to build a shed without anything in it, you know, you can drywall it or something like that, but... If you want to run, you can maybe run electrical to it, but you still got to get an electrical permit. Yeah. Uh, but if you're going to run plumbing, anything of that nature, um, honestly, if you're going to make it an office of any kind, um, you, you need a permit. It doesn't matter the size. Yeah. We right? we we did that with you're the, skirting um, the rules here. We did it with the bunkie. So yeah. we did a bunkie in the, in the Etobicoke area, so Toronto West there. Yeah. And we didn't have a building permit, yeah. but we definitely had an electrical permit because we were running a 40-amp tech cable from the house along the, the backyard to the structure so we can actually have a uh, um, a wall unit for heating and, and cooling. And that was it. So we had power in there, and then they had uh, they brought Wi-Fi in there as well too. And it was, uh, you know, the, the actual wall mount unit was good enough for like minus 35. Mm-hmm. So he could stay in there in the winter and he was using it as an office space, but it was literally 108 square feet. So the way I've read it is that's considered occupancy. It's well, it's not because we, we never even had like the building came by the inspector, nobody at all. We, we like, it was given to us. The drawings were coming from the actual manufacturer that made it, it was a preassemble. Sure. So as long as there's no plumbing in there, so there's no drain, there's no plumbing, no water source going in there. Okay. Uh, there's only the heat source that's being provided from an electrical source, right. electrical power, right? So it's literally just, um, it's it's just known as a, a shed at that point because of the size and the height. We were restricted sure. on the height of it and the actual square footage of it. But, um, and it was funny because I think it was last year that the homeowners had a hard time. I did their bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did their basement and I did the bunkie and they had a hard time selling the house because they didn't want to leave those 
three parts of the house because the basement turned out so good and then the bathroom turned out so good and then she actually they had their baby in the bathroom and everything like that and then the, the bunkie he was using it all the time for for his office space and he had a blast in there and he was like reluctant to leave but they left it someone else is enjoying it now right sure and that's what a lot of my clients that's sort of that's it's the ideal scenario right you a client builds the house that they want and then for whatever reason they're moving um and they're calling you back again right yeah it's been a successful project and now they they want to do something else uh, in the new place so uh, i really like that kind of repeat customer um you've already you already understand their vibe you already understand their uh, expectations that kind of thing uh, how quick they are to pick material can often change a project quite dramatically. Um, you know, a lot of clients don't, I, I don't really have the time to renovate. Uh, I find, um, even though I'm doing all the work and picking up material and all that stuff, um, just literally picking out the material, uh, some of them just don't have the time for, and, uh, they can really slow a project down by, not picking soon enough um that's construction man yeah of course it's just construction this is how it is so you're quickly learning that and i and i would encourage you to start doing less of that or start charging for that because that's going to start to take a lot of your time which is going to affect your building schedule right yeah so i like snowball that into the the whole cost i don't i don't charge an hourly rate for going to site or doing this or that um designers do yeah but that's their whole job <laughs> yeah right so um I, I i try to be a one-stop shop and uh sort of bury that cost in the whole thing uh so this is the cost of the project so if i've got to come and show them hardwood flooring or something like that um you know that's going to be an hour or two of looking at some hardwood flooring that's all included in the quote um so that's the way i see it what are you enjoying renovating these days? What part of uh, the whole process are you enjoying? Um, the actual hands-on, like on the job site. Yeah, I mean, uh, just starting a little. What am I enjoying? Um, just like like the end sort of goal and seeing customer that's super happy. You know, sometimes through the project can be a little stressful for them and you're not really sure how they're feeling about the whole project it's you know um just the stress can get to people and you go well this is kind of mid project or towards the tail end 80 percent done they're this whole noise every day especially when they're working from home uh you know has gotten to them and it's just not as friendly anymore yeah. and you finally get to the end and you go, oh no they are happy Obviously, that was stressful for them, but uh, the end goal, they are happy, and, and that's a good feeling. Using digital platforms in our industry is becoming more common, especially among the young folks, because it improves efficiency, prevents mistakes, and overall makes our lives as contractors easier. This is why we partnered with Connect Team, a platform built to manage, train, and communicate with your team. Connect Team's desktop version gives managers a live overview of the business to track work hours, create schedules, make sure the business meets compliance, and so much more. 
Employees just download the app to their mobile to clock in and out, share safety reports, and get updates all in one place, ensuring they've got what they need to perform at their best. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. You're never going to get big enough that you'll have to have a bunch of crews and sub-trades and you're going to start bringing in employees? Yeah, I, I think employees is probably on the horizon. Not sure when. Um, I would really like to go through a cycle of uh, the economy. Um, or, you're, of, or you're going. Well, yeah, as <laughs> we're thinking it's happening. We but keep saying this, but... It's happening. Well, yeah. I feel like we've been saying this for three years. You know, oh, this is going to change that. And then renovations went crazy. Uh, you know, and we just keep keep saying it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And the sky is falling. And it just so far hasn't, uh, you know, you keep looking forward and thinking it's going to fall. But Well, it's always better to prepare for it. And, yeah. And if it doesn't happen, then great. But if it does happen, then surprise. You're then prepared. shift, yeah. Yeah, it's all it is, right? So, exactly. So, I mean, that's going to be different when you got to bring on employees. you got to start dealing with sub-trades. And then the projects might become a little bit bigger. Yeah. And that's where I'm cautious on hiring um, and committing to somebody as an employee. Um, I'd rather uh, either lose work because i can't do it in the client's timeline um and have it have a nice cushion of work um that's okay by me rather than saying to a guy oh i gotta lay you off for the next three weeks or whatever i'm, I'm not comfortable with that yeah it's always difficult yeah so brian where else are you getting your information to kind of keep on navigating through the construction waters like I mean, you mentioned podcasts earlier, and then I guess assuming that you're getting online on social media and you're seeing what other guys are doing, girls are doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, trying to think of all of the different things. Um, yeah, definitely the, 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 the like I go going back to that contracting handbook. Um, again, the book hasn't come out, but the podcast has been excellent. Um, and then dealing with Mike one-on-one. Uh, -on -one has been super helpful um that's for, nice of him for him it was probably only 10 20 minutes but for me that was a uh, world of information um definitely highly recommended uh listen different than yours um because he's using his own experience and that kind of thing yeah um and i'm sure it's dovetailed into his book but we'll see what that comes out what's the title of the book uh the contracting handbook Con okay yeah. all right cool and he's launching it on amazon I'm not sure how he's going to launch it. I okay. really don't know. Um, because there is a world of resources out there, right? That's yeah. the nice thing about it. That's what I like about construction. Definitely. There's, there's lots of people that are willing to share all their kinds of stuff, right? So Yeah. Just while we were uh, paused there for a second, I looked one up. Uh, Future of Trades on Facebook has been very good. Okay. Um, just a little group. It's a group, eh? Yeah. Um, there's one guy that runs it. Uh, and just interesting information. Uh you know, it's not solutions. Like none of these things are true solutions. It's not like how to do it. It's uh, to me, it's get thinking about how to do it. Yeah. Right. So the things you should be solving, solve. Make sure you solve this. Make sure you solve that. Make sure you solve this. Not necessarily how to solve, um, but at least make sure you've covered that. Um, I think that's what most people need, uh, especially with new people. Uh, if you've got a lot of experience uh, working with somebody else, maybe you kind of don't need that information anymore. You've been able to go, oh, well, this is how they did it, so I'm going to do it the same way. Um, you, you 
kind of get that solution through experience. Uh, for me, um, I've never worked for somebody in the con- in the construction industry, so uh, it's all coming. You know, I've got to figure it out yeah, one way or another. Figure it out, right? But yeah. there's a lot of people out there that can help you out with that figuring out part. For sure. I mean, I came from the same thing. I mean, it was I I did work for a painting crew for subdivision for a little brief period of time, and I just didn't like the. Um, it was very boring. It sure. Was just like every day was the exact same. same thing. Yeah. So I was just like, this is it. And then that was I was in construction for a while, and then I went elsewhere. And it, it, but then when I just dove into construction, I just dove into construction. And then I was working for clients directly, and I was just word of mouth, and you just went that way, right? And mm-hmm. then you start building your business from there. But I mean, at that my time when I was getting started, there wasn't many people to reach out and ask, how do I do this? How do I do that? Today's day, you've got podcasts, you've got books, you've got groups, you got social media, you got all kinds of resources, right? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the grass is always greener on the other side type of thing. Um, I find that, yes, there are resources, but at the same time, on the other end, the clients are, are expecting of another thing. Um, I'm, I'm guessing in the, in the past, uh, you know, a handshake and uh, um, a very basic quote was sufficient. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, I think a website is mandatory, a Facebook page is, or Instagram or whatever, shoot when you want to choose, at least one of those is mandatory. Um, being able to show up and talk about it and then, and then have a quote that is professional looking um, and well-written is important. Um, and it is required. Uh, the, these guys that are certainly very experienced technically um, can more than do the job. Um, well, I, I hire them as subs, honestly. Now, uh, I recognize that technically they can do the job, no problem. Uh, so, for example, I just did a hardwood flooring job, um, subbed it out, and these guys are very good. Uh, their English isn't great. Uh, one problem there. And then, uh, you know, literally the quote is by text. Um, you know, here's what we're doing uh, square footage wise, cost per square foot, you know, this and that and the other thing. Did um, they do a good job? They did a great job. Yeah. 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 I've seen their work. Like I, I vetted them. I went to go see their work other places. Uh, again, going back to Mike, uh, he gave me a bunch of information on like how to vet a subcontractor and was kind of able to go okay like let's let's go do that and uh, it worked out very well but these guys um you can just it's really obvious to me at least that getting their own work is going to be very very difficult for them because they continue to do this um partial yeah i know you're talking about yeah but i've always gotten way i've gotten along with them like those kinds of trades Oh yeah, yeah, they're great. I'm yeah. nothing against them. Absolutely, I just think clients um, agree don't know how to deal with that type of person anymore. And yeah. maybe in the past, uh, that was okay, right? Um, you know, because there was no email. There, you know, if we're going really far back, or or there was only email, like texting or whatever, wasn't as um, uh, available. And so, you know, a written quote on a um, you know, one of those, uh, I want to say microfish, but not microfish. Um, <laughs> floppy disk. No, 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 no. Like, uh, 
when you write on the one side and you get three copies. Oh, carbon, like a yeah, car- carbon okay. thing, right? All right, you know yeah. that you have in your I truck. Remember those, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that you have in your truck, like that worked. Okay, well, that's if you did that today, like yeah, I, if you're 60 years old, I guess maybe that's the way you've always done it. But um, I, I, to- I totally see your point. Yeah, I, I totally. I've gone. I've always gotten along with them because um, I've never said it's funny how. They always know how to say my English is no good, sure, right, or not so good, mm-hmm. and and I and I always dismiss that, right, because I've met them a certain way. Someone recommended them. I went to go see their work. I was impressed with their work, and I just said, "Listen, you not speaking English perfectly to me is not a fault at all." And, and it's like, I understand what you're saying because I think construction is its own language. Exactly. And it's gotten to the point where I've met some really good tradespeople that my English is not so good. And I still, to this day, recommend them. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But I see what you're saying that it's, you almost got to pick and choose where you're going to put that recommendation because you're going to, you have to figure out, will this client or with this other GC or with this other tradesperson kind of see what i see where they're a really nice person they're they're going to do an amazing job for you and they're willing to work hard for you and deliver for you but is that disconnect of language going to be an issue yeah and i mean like i'm not willing to um just simply go oh here's the address and and line it up with a client right like like to me you know maybe they the client does end up talking with them and whatever that's fine, but uh, I, I need to be there. So like I'm there every morning, uh, I'm there every night for sure. If I'm not, uh, what I really like is when uh, it just accelerates a job. So for example, this hardwood job, uh, I'm doing the bathroom. I was doing the bathroom at the same time they're doing the hardwood. So I open the house up, meet the client. Um, You're there. I'm there. Yeah. And then the guys show up, they're doing their hardwood thing. I'm working. Uh, and then at night, you know, uh, they're wrapping up for the day. I'm wrapping up for the day. I make sure the house is clean. Oh, something's out of place. All oh, the client went to make sure that, you know, they've got somewhere to sleep. Um, or these guys don't think like that. They're just, they're just, no. con- they're just like flooring. Okay. Work. We built flooring. Yeah. yeah. Well, someone's living in this house, right? So you got to spend an hour and move furniture around. Yeah. I still remember there was a couple of times there was um, some trades and and I'll still recommend this metal guy all the time, right? And I I would love to get him on the show, but he keeps on saying my English is no good, right? (laughs) And But I remember that like it was the second or third time that I was giving him a job and, and all of a sudden he came by the job site and he had to communicate with the client. And he was very nervous about communicating with the client. So then he ended up bringing his nephew and his right. nephew knew English a lot more than he did. Sure. And it was basically a translator. And, yep. and I, and, and in all fairness, like when I was speaking to him, I already knew more than half of what he was saying and I didn't need the translation. Sure. I got it. And that's where I went back to like construction is his own language. So then you can kind of, you'll figure it out. What I really was keen about was the person and their passion and their interest to do a good job and deliver and be there on time and show up. And the last thing on my mind is my English is no good. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's how I looked at it. So I thought that that was more important than just him saying my English is no good or whatever. But we got along really well. And I I still recommend this to this day and I'll I'll send them that way. And every time that you'll know this too and you'll discover yourself when you find a good trade, you hang on to them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So they're important. Um, yeah, and I think it's also important. Uh, I think some people can, uh, the way I do it, 
um, and I, I think I got the idea again from Mike, um, you know, if they help, if they bid the project for me, whether it was from pictures or square footage or whatever, uh, and I, I get awarded the job, they're getting the job. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people go try and get a ballpark price from somebody and then they get the job and then they start shopping around. And bad move. Yeah, really bad move. Uh, I've seen that before and uh, I just don't think that's fair. If uh, they help to get the job, they should get the job. 100%. I agree. That, and that's what you're working on right now. Whether you know it or not, you're putting your team together. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So yeah. you're looking at opportunities. You'll get jobs coming along and, and you'll just look at it like, well, I don't really want to do it. I got to find somebody. So now I got to find a player for that that scope of work that needs to be done. Sure. So you've got to vet them and you got to figure it out and you got to figure if they're going to be a part of your team at that point as well. And if it's going to be a good fit for you and the client and then you deliver because now it's your business, your brand, your name, let's Brian, you know, yeah. do it. So it's important. Yeah. All that stuff is important. And, and uh, the other thing is like, I really want to only take on work that I am capable of doing. Um, so for example, let's say that sub didn't work out. Uh, I would do the hardwood flooring. You know, yes, it's going to take me a long time. It's going to delay some other projects, but I can, I can do it. Uh, I understand how to do it. Um, that's not a, the actual getting the job done is not, I'm not coupled to them. Uh, I think that's really important. Yeah. I think uh, I've seen other contractors where they sub out because they don't understand, they don't know how to do that job uh, type of thing. And I know you, I know where you're going. And I think that if you want to handle jobs, you should at least have a taste yeah. of every aspect of it. It's not that I love electrical or plumbing or HVAC like that, but I, I could, if I wanted to start it and work it and be a part of the crew doing that. And I could almost, I can confidently say that I can handle any trade right. on any scope of work that's attached to building a house. Exactly. Uh, do I like doing certain? Of course not, man. There's no. some that I d detest and I don't want to do ever again, but at least I have an understanding of how to communicate with that trade and yeah. I get an understanding of what they're expected to do and how it should be done. Absolutely. So you get along, go back to the team. Yeah. So it's great that you're learning. You're just picking it up and going. So it's like you're you're running with it. Yeah, yeah. So like uh, I'll give an example. Um, I was doing a uh, what was this uh, basement um, for a client? You know, drywall, this, that, the other thing. Um, carpet. I don't do carpet. I don't know how to do carpet. I've never done it in my life. Right. <laughs> uh, and I simply said to the client, uh, I don't have any value to add to doing the carpet. So, um, you know, if, if you really want me to get a sub in here and mark it up, I will, but I'm not adding any value to that. So um, you're better off just hiring a carpet contractor yourself. And that's what they did. And that was, that's fine. I don't, I don't see a problem with admitting that to no, a client. Not at all. Um, you're being honest. And exactly. You're, you're, you're contributing to the objective. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so you're helping them out. Exactly. Um, I don't. It just seems silly to me to if you don't add value to that that sub, um, then why why are you getting that money? It doesn't doesn't sit right right with me. I never understood the whole kickbacks and 
that whole world where there was a lot of expectations, like you got work for certain people and all of a sudden it was just like a given that you had to give them a kickback on whatever work that you were getting from it. And some, some GCs or some companies would actually continue that kickback for a future projects, assuming that you didn't get that job because like it was because of me, you got that job. Sure. Right. So it's like, okay, so now you're just skimming the top and what's the yeah. difference here? All you, that's not really right. Like you're, right. you're trying to help them out, let them get work and let them move forward. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't entertain that stuff. Um, I, I, I'm blunt with my customers. Uh, you know, that's going to be a subcontractor that's going to come in and uh, you guys take care of it. Or whatever, no, no. Like if I'm handling it, yeah. then then it's going to be marked up. It's that simple, right? Yeah, I, yeah but I'm you're adding still, value to exactly. this project by hiring my sub and um, you know doing the stick handling for them. Um, but so, you're you're not going back to the sub and asking them to give me a no, piece of no, no, pie. no, 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 no. That's not the way it should work. No, yeah, no. I take their price and I I add my little piece, and that's what is presented to the customer. Yeah. And, and it's just that simple. Don't. What, what are you getting excited about building in the future? If you get a client that comes along and they offer it up to you, like, what do you, um, ready to do a rear addition? I, uh, I don't, I don't, not I'm not going to be doing that. Yeah. I don't know. Not yet. Uh, yeah. I, I really, the, the accessory buildings is great. Um, only done a few of those now, but, uh, I thought that really gets me excited. Um, tying into an existing building challenges. I, I, yeah. I don't have that experience. I've never done that myself. And I, I think I'd struggle again. I wouldn't feel like I'm adding value. I'm, I'd be learning on their project and I don't like that idea. Um, you know, I, I just find it, uh, you know, customers are, are trusting you with their now million plus house. And uh, you need to treat that with respect um, for me to like start chopping into someone's house and wall and um, to do an addition uh, without experience. Uh, it's not something I'm going to be doing. No, and that's where you can like, I would encourage you if you do get a chance to shadow somebody that sure. has been down that path, yeah. see if it is of interest to you. Right. Yeah. So if you could see that, that that could be the future of your business where it's going to go and then you'll be like, okay, well, we can offer this now. I've got some experience about this or even have them work with you. Sure. So then you can get, kind of get that shadowing component attached to it, right? Yeah. And and for, you know, between my experience and where I've come from, uh, I just, I just ha don't know, like I've never worked for somebody like that. I've never had that kind of uh, mentorship or whatever. Um, so it's, it's a, a little different for me, I think, uh, than most guys out there. Um, they get into the business through an apprenticeship or just working for someone and, and slowly build up their experience. Um, me coming from this weird engineering background type thing, um, and then personal experience, um, different, different way of going about it, I think. Um, so I don't know how I, it's not the wrong way. It's, it's not, not wrong. No, 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 no. There's nothing wrong about it. It's just different. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'd almost have to, if I were like to do an addition on someone's house, I'd almost have to go to that other method. Mm -hmm. Right. I'd have, like you said, shadow someone, work for someone and get that kind of experience that way. I wish honestly, like I really wish I would have had the opportunity to shadow someone before I would have did my bigger projects because I would have made far fewer mistakes. Sure. 
Because sure. I, I think if you talk to anybody that goes down that path and starts doing all these little, little these bigger projects, mm-hmm. um, mistakes are always made. Yeah, always made, and it's just. And when I say mistakes, they're also like on-site mistakes, but also financial mistakes because you'll sure. lose your shirt sometimes because of you don't know exactly everything, and that's where that mentor, that other person that has gone down that road, they would share that. Sure. Like, watch out for this. Yeah, watch yeah, out for yeah. that. Cause this is what's going to happen. I guarantee you the client's going to like act this way. They're going to, re- re- you know, they'll yeah. just be a certain way, which is going to cause delays or do something with you. Right. Sure. And so then it affects your business and that's what happens. Right. But that's construction, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just, I just, uh, I think I'm pretty cautious on that Avenue. Good. Um, you know, if, if I don't feel comfortable with the project, uh, well, like, uh, give an example, uh, an acquaintance of mine, um, he wanted me to do some commercial work and uh, he was looking at a place to lease and he's trying to figure out his, his figures for his business. Uh, we went in, looked at this and I'm looking at, uh, oh, you know, we need a washroom that meets this standard for, um, people with disabilities, that kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm not really sure what that's, you know, I'm sure I could read the code and, you know, I have that background to be able to read the code and figure that out. But, um, you know, and then we're looking at interior walls. Well, that's commercial. That's, you know, I can't use a two by four. We're just talking steel studs here, uh, 20 foot ceiling, yada, yada, yada. And I'm looking at this whole thing and I'm just going, yeah, I told You're him. You're not ready for that. I told him, yeah, this is not, this is not what I do. I had a I had a great girl uh, woman on the show Julie Sawshuck Sawshuck, she was on the show way back when and she um, had an accident and became a paraplegic oh, yeah. and um, and uh, she ended up renovating her own house sure just because she's like her house didn't it was a great Meet her show. needs anymore yeah, yeah exactly it was a great show so she re- renovated the bathroom she renovated the kitchen and there was all these things that she was thinking about to the point where she wrote two books on it. Mm which were great because then she started explaining how it's, it's that same information that you can't find, but she was revealing that information in this book and it's hard to find in the code. Sure. Right. But there, yeah, there are certain uh, ways that you design things, grab bars, door widths, all kinds of space movement for wheelchair accessibility, all kinds of things like that. And it was actually a fascinating show to just speak with her. I'd love to get her back on the show yeah. and uh, even get her in the studio here and recording a show with her because uh, she's constantly doing that. She's always going and working with commercial construction and making sure certain things are done a certain way and always improving the right. code, right? Doing much better. And, and she's got great ideas. Great right. ideas, yeah. But I, I know you mean, like you look at the scope and you're going not ready yet i don't know if i want to tackle it and i think there's someone better out there that can do it for you right now exactly and he, you know and he's basing his whole business on this right so yeah. it's a new venture for him so he's looking at his lease agreement and his cost on that he's looking at the, the renovation cost and then he's gonna okay does this does this work for his his business yeah and so like my my quote would be a large portion of that money and uh i'm not gonna be able to turn around and go oh well, i ran out of money like his not only is it a bad on me but it's going to destroy his business too right like before it even gets started um so you know could i have done that job if he just kind of said well let's get started on one thing and it'll lead to the next thing and whatever probably right okay yeah i'll figure out the washroom code and and we'll work on it as a as a piece sure i could have done that um but 
and you know, if I lost a little or gained a little on that, uh, there was a little slip of grip, whatever, so be it, right? But this was a multiple thousand square foot renovation effect, effectively. You would, and, have, you would have lost your shirt. Right. Or I would have overquoted it like crazy. Mm, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, you're not ready for it. That's, yeah, that's exactly. The thing about it. So is he still moving forward with it? He's looking for a contractor for it? Uh, I think he did find a contractor. I'm not sure who and, yeah. how, you know, it kind of just said to him, this wasn't for me and we moved, he moved on. Uh, I think he's actually opening up in September. So he found someone. Um, awesome. I, I noticed it was a different building. So maybe not that building. But why? I'm not sure. But Anything else you want to share, Brian, before we get to the 12 questions? Um, just want to, I think I don't know if I thanked everybody that I kind of had on my Shout list. Shout them out, man. Shout All them right. out. Uh, uh, my friend and uh, sort of co-worker, I guess we call ourselves, uh, Dragon from Construct 21. Uh, we hire each other out. He okay. has his own business. And uh, every time we need each other's manpower, we kind of hire each other. Uh, a really good friend and uh, always there when uh, projects get a little exciting and uh really good friend um like i said my girlfriend for doing the bookkeeping and that kind of thing my parents obviously great great information from them both the world of experience uh my dad in, in construction in his own way and my mom in organization and stuff like that uh really great experience so i thank all those people I wasn't ignoring you. I'm just, I, I forgot to print off the new 12 questions and I'm always, I have to bring it up now. So that's what I was just looking for. But I think I may have sent you the old 12 questions. Uh oh. No, no, don't worry. It's not a right or wrong, any of that. that they're just, uh, Dan Dan actually made the suggest uh, from Where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? Waldo Tile? Waldo Tile. Sorry, Dan. It's Friday, man. Um, and he made the suggestion to actually come up with a new 12 questions. So then here I am trying to figure it out. Oh. Angelina, do you have it? <laughs> I can't believe I can't find it. Uh, bear with me, man. Bear with me. All right. Before I get into this, uh, Brian Sexsmith, let Brian do it. Uh, www.letbriandoit.ca and his phone number is 416-528-7747 and you can reach him on his email at briansexsmith at gmail.com and also on Facebook, let Brian do it. Uh, you ready for this? Yeah. The new one. Well, we've done it a couple of times right now. Okay. What everyday sound brings you joy and comfort? Everyday sound. Oh, boy. Um, geez, I don't know. <laughs> There's no sound know. that brings you joy and comfort? Joy and comfort. Uh, not that that comes to the top of my head. Nothing? Uh, yeah, I'm not much of a sound guy, though, so... Maybe that's You're on a podcast right now. I don't know, but does it bring me <laughs> joy? Joy and comfort? Comfort? Uh, peace? Quiet? Silence? Yeah, silence, I think, yeah. Silence. What's your favorite beverage? My favorite beverage? Uh, be a Coke. What's your least favorite tool? Least favorite tool? Um, hmm. I don't know. I, I, I like all the tools, like... You know, because Even a it's a multi tool, an oscillating tool. Oh, yeah, that thing's awesome. That little it's loud, man. Oh, I don't like hearing it. Okay, all right. Okay, if we want to go back to the sound thing, I don't like hearing it, okay. but what it can what do it for me, what it does, like the yes. little tricky spot you got it, got you know, 
got something done, I wouldn't have been possible. So okay, so which one's your least favorite tool? Uh, yeah, again, I did, you know, one that doesn't work. What turns you on uh, creatively? Creatively. What turns me on creatively? Um, just like new new things. Like you know, I really like something that's a new new challenge. Um, that really gets me excited. Uh, doing the same old stuff definitely uh, doesn't work for me. What word do you find is overused these days? Overused. Uh, Nobody's yeah saying a word. Overused. I'm um, thinking like clients. What do they what say they? all the time? Pinterest? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I like Pinterest personally. I, I send people there all the time, trying to get ideas or whatever, just trying to narrow themselves down. They can send me pictures on Pinterest of what they want. Uh, Save you a lot of time. Yeah, exactly. You just have to figure out how to build it. Yeah. Hey, that's fine. That's, 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 my, that's my part, right? Um, I don't know. Uh, just overused is like, oh, this is easy or uh, something I can, I would have done it. I will do it. But, you know, I don't have the time or something like that. Yeah, I know, eh? When yeah. I say that, I'm like, well, then you do it then. Exactly. If you, wanna, if you think yeah. it's so easy. What's your favorite curse word? Um, probably fuck. What is your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Um, probably a uh, Hobie 16 catamaran sailboat. Oh, you're a boat guy, huh? That's more of that boat, but. Okay. All right. How, how wide is that? Uh, about six, seven feet wide. Okay. Right. 16 feet long. Do you have one? Yep. You have one? Yep. Here in Burlington. What year? It is uh, 2007. Wow. How far have you gone with it? Uh, well, uh, the furthest we've sailed to it is to Toronto, which is about five hours. But in, you, in a very open boat. This is not a like, sailboat. This I know is, it is. That's why. I was just like, that's impressive, man. You're hanging out on a wire. and I'm respectful of, of people with boats. It's just a lot of work, a lot of maintenance, a lot of care. Yeah. Uh, I've really enjoyed the racing aspect of it. Uh, they're, they're more like a, more similar to a windsurfer than a, like a sailboat, probably people are most expecting, right? Uh, what do you miss from your childhood? Yes, from my childhood. Um, just being up north around the trees and the lake and all that stuff. But I get my fill with the, the catamaran that way. So, uh, What term or phrase resonates with your core, who you are? Oof. We get deep here. Deep, very deep. 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 What resonates uh, with your core of who you really are? Um, just build it right the first time. If you could master a skill outside of uh, your expertise, what would it be? Mm, outside of my expertise, uh, I don't know, like um, fine woodworking. It's not something I'm very good at. Mm. It just seems very therapeutic. Yeah. Like if you're having a really shitty day, you can carve some wood or something like that. It actually would calm you down. I don't know. It could be just me. Yeah, to me, it's like the lack of progress. Like, it, it really requires somebody to slowly do things and, and measure things up perfectly. Um, and it's just like a, can be a slow process, for I find. 
If you could have a candid conversation with a historical figure or a fictional character, who would it be? And what would you talk about? Mm, like a Nikola Tesla or something like that. Albert Einstein, something like that. Yeah, that would be a good conversation. Huh? Yeah. And last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Thank you. Um, that would be my brother's over there. All right, man. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. Really appreciate it, man. Really cool. Making thanks. the time. Thanks a lot for your podcasts. Thanks, They're man. really informative. Um, definitely for somebody like me that hasn't really, uh, you know, lived that construction life per se. You're uh, living it. Yeah, I'm living it, but in a different way. Um, you know, some of these bigger players and, you know, businesses with multiple employees or the employees themselves. Really, really interesting uh for me because it's all new um haven't haven't uh gone through that as avenue with all of, a lot of these guys so listen they used to all be small fish sure they used to always make mistakes and they were never perfect in the beginning and they learned the craft and they learned everything from other people or from trial and error yeah like a lot of us uh there's always a beginning for everybody in the construction life so sure Wish you all the best, man. Thank you. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Angelina. We're out of here.